The Three Stooges films have been a part of most of my life, having seen them on television as a child. I still catch the boys on television today, as their comedy is timeless. Why don't you tell me? What? Get out. Let him alone. Oh, oh, cut it. Oh. Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard, Dr. Howard speaking. I'm fine. So am I. <laughs> now, when I became a film studio historian, the Three Stooges played a major role in the history of Columbia Studios, heading the lucrative shorts department lineup of comedy series for many years. Now, one of the most important aspects of film history are the locations where studios would send productions for authentic backgrounds. I have dedicated many years collecting information and still photographs on thousands of film locations around the world. Now, when Jim Powley, a passionate fan and historian on The Three Stooges, approached me with his Stooges location project, I was delighted, as I have never really thought about the Stooges on locations in and around Los Angeles. What he found astounding was these locations, which I took for granted. And many of these films were made in and part on locations using familiar sites I was very familiar with. I am Mark Wanamaker, and this is the History of Hollywood. With the passion of a fan and his meticulous skills as a researcher, Jim tracked down many outdoor locations that appear in Stooges' shorts. As Columbia Pictures was originally a Poverty Row studio, as I referenced in my initial podcast, it was common practice to shoot films on location as a cheap way of giving some authenticity to the content of any film, especially films that have small budgets. Jim Powley's book, The Three Stooges Hollywood Filming Locations, is a time capsule of what Los Angeles and Hollywood look like during the Stooge years captured on film. Jim, thank you for being here. We are now broadcasting, of course, from the famous Columbia Studio lot, the former lot. How did you get interested in the Stooges and later their locations? Well, Mark, thank you for having me here today. Well, it actually has to go back to when I was a young man back in the 1970s, uh, coming home from grade school and watching the local TV station's uh, children's television host, which in Philadelphia and the Philadelphia area happened to be Sally Starr, a very pretty woman who would dress up as a cowgirl. And to this day, Sally is beloved by those who live in the Philadelphia area. Now, besides Philadelphia, having a children's TV show host that would show the Three Stooges, you had uh, San Francisco's Bruce Sedley. In New York, you had Joe Bolton, who dressed up as a police officer and went by the name of Officer Joe Bolton. In Pittsburgh, you had Paul Shannon. In Detroit, you had Johnny Ginger, just to name a few major cities. So, Sally Starr, besides showing Three Stooges, would show Popeye and a few other cartoons. And, of course, I couldn't wait to get home from school to watch the boys. And the boys back in them days, of course, I'm talking about Moe, Larry, and Curly with an occasional Shemp, as well as a Joe thrown in for good measure. So, growing up, loving the Three Stooges. Fast forward to the mid-1980s. Uh, I kind of remembered that the Stooges were a lot of fun to watch, and I paid attention to them once in a while. And I, I decided that I wanted to kind of like look into them a little bit more. I wanted to start collecting some Three Stooges memorabilia. And when I talk about memorabilia, I'm not talking about new stuff off the shelf that's today. We're talking about movie posters and lobby cards uh, from the 30s and 40s and 50s when uh, companies were licensed to sell uh, 
toy products, games, and different items that are very hard to find to today. That happened in the early 60s. Well, a good friend of mine decided to hold a Three Stooges convention in 1987 in Philadelphia. Well, that brought in fans from all across the country. And uh, there was many more people out there just like me who loved the boys. So at the convention, we had seminars. We showed the films, of course. And guys showed up with their collections of stuff to show off and stuff to sell. So that was the beginning of a diehard Three Stooges fan. That really upped the ante for me, as I would like to say. Well, how did your love of these Three Stooges lead to what you wanted to do later researching about them? Well, in 2001, I had the opportunity to come out to California and actually attend a Laurel and Hardy convention. And at this convention, fans of both Laurel and Hardy and the Three Stooges were talking about a famous film called The Music Box. It's a 1932 film with Laurel and Hardy. And in the film, Laurel and Hardy are piano movers, and their job is to get a piano up a tall flight of steps. 1941, the Three Stooges did something somewhat similar in reference to using steps, and that is the boys were icemen, and their job was to bring up a big block of ice on a hot summer day up a very tall flight of steps. And of course, hilarity ensues, all kinds of good stuff with the boys. Well, Stooges fans and Lauren Hardy fans thought that both set of steps used in these two separate films were the same, and I knew they weren't. And My goal was, when I left that convention that night, was to find the Stooges Steps and prove that the Stooges Steps and the Lauren Hardy Steps were indeed separate locations. Well, did some research at home, watched the shorts, studied it, got some screen grabs using my camera, and we're talking about research, we're talking about the VHS tape days of research, not DVDs, not Blu-rays, not internet strictly old VHS tapes. So those VHS tapes were not as crystal clear as the images we see today. Uh, And that's because Sony has done an unbelievable great job in restoring the Stooges shorts, both sound and picture, in a nice DVD set. Uh, Wonderful collection. So in my research to find the steps, of course, I had the screen grabs and I'm studying the background and I noticed there's a what appears what appears to be a telephone pole, which turned out to be a palm tree instead. And I'm studying the railing. The railing was a two-rail type railing versus some of the singles that are out there. So with all this information, I come back out to California. It's now March of 2001, a few months later. And I first went to the LAPD, the Los Angeles Police Department's Police Academy, figuring if I talked to an officer with some time on a job, he may recognize some of the photos I had with me to see if I can find the steps. No luck there, but I went out to the Silver Lake section of Los Angeles, and I found out that a bookstore had a book on stairwells of Los Angeles. Now, the stairwells, that book was of interest to me, which revealed that there's about 300 stairwells in Los Angeles, and all these stairwells in L.A. were built for the purpose of a resident leaving their home on one, one street, walk down or up a set of stairs to get to another street level, and mainly for the purpose of catching a trolley back in the 1920s. So I go to this bookstore, and I tell them who I, who I am, and word spreads throughout the neighborhood that there's a guy from Philadelphia looking for the Stooges Steps. I had some great people walk up to me, total strangers, and they tried their best 
to help me find the Stooges steps, including jumping in my car. And they thought this one set of stairs was it. Of course, it turned out it wasn't. So I left there that day, not knowing where the Stooges steps were. But unbeknownst to me, the bookstore was actually at a Three Stooges location itself. A woman walked up to me and said, you know, you're actually at a Stooges location now. I go, which one? And she explained it to me. And here, it's the intersection from Three Little Beers on Echo Park Boulevard. It's a great scene. It's got a uniformed police officer directing traffic. And the boys have made a mess by <laughs> a bunch of beer barrels falling off the back of their truck, rolling down a steep hill and through the intersection, of course, creating havoc at that intersection for the police officer. So what's funny is I actually found a, a great location, actually, a really good Three Stooges filming location just by being at the right place at the right time. And that was really the beginning of it. So in the search for the Stooges steps, I actually found a great filming location. Fast forward six months later, I had help from Mo's daughter, whose name is Joan. And Joan hooked me up with the location, and sure enough, it was the right one. And for those fans who would love to go out to the holy grail of Three Stooges filming locations, it's located in the Silver Lake section of Los Angeles, California. And the steps are in between 2257 and 2258 North Fair Oak View Terrace. And it would be a tough one to find if you were just driving around because you have to go up some hilly streets, some left, some rights. And the location is actually on a cul-de-sac. Another interesting story about the Stooges Depths, by the way, which I love to call the holy grail of filming locations, by the way. And I believe a lot of Stooges fans agree with me on that. Uh, most fans may not notice that there's 147 steps on that stairwell. How do I know? I counted them. Matter of fact, I even worked out a little bit. My goal was to actually run up the steps. And believe me, it is not easy to do. Those steps are on a steep incline. When I first discovered where the Stooges steps were, my next trip back out to LA, of course, was a very exciting one. Me and a couple of friends couldn't wait to get to the new location that we just discovered. Well, prior to getting there, I had purchased a pair of ice tongs that were very similar to the ones that the boys used. Not only that, but we knew that there was an ice house close by to the steps. And did we buy a block of ice? Yes, we did. And did we use those ice tongs to hold that block of ice? And did we record ourselves running up and down those steps with that block of ice? Yes, we did. And I'll tell you, we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And what's funny is when we got to the top of the steps, we actually broke the block of ice so we could have small little cubes just like Curly did in the scene with Best Flowers. And we videotaped and filmed ourselves having fun with that as well. When we left... We left some ice, like little cubes here and there. We didn't realize it off to the side of the steps. Didn't find out until later on when somebody posted online that they went to the Stooges steps later that same day that we were there. And they saw little pieces of ice on the steps. And that, that man wondered what was going on. And he thought that perhaps the boys came back and had some more fun at the Stooges steps that day. But uh, nope, that was us just having fun. So once I found the Stooges Steps, what I did was I started writing articles for a fan club newsletter on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And during the years, which was actually about 10 years, of writing the different articles, every time I found a new filming location, I would write about the article and what the journey was like. 
actually started getting a fan base, not only Three Stooges fan club members who were looking forward to the articles. Uh, people like Leonard Moulton uh, stated that that became his favorite part of the Three Stooges fan club journal, looking for the next location. Three Stooges actors and actresses I got to know throughout the years, as well as Three Stooges family members, all encouraged me to continue the work I was doing. You see, the, the motion picture studios had location departments. These location departments were set up pretty early on in the teens. Every studio had one. They sent out men with cameras, and they went and documented every single neighborhood in Los Angeles, Southern California, and even California, everywhere. Particularly like when it comes to stairs, for example, they would document every stair area in Silver Lake, which was very hilly, downtown Los Angeles. So they would have a record of this. They have a kind of a Bible that you go to for mansions, staircases, swimming pools, uh, civic buildings, whatever you want. They would have this. So when Jim was getting into this whole thing, trying to find a location, those departments, most of them don't exist anymore. He can't just go to Columbia Pictures and look in their location department. Wow, that would have been fantastic. No, he had to do this and research this on his own, really from the seat of his pants. And I really am in awe. And that's when he came to me about all this. And and I've been doing this for years. It is the most difficult work to try to figure out an unknown location and where it might be. What's interesting about the Stooges Steps is Dale Lord was the director for A Naked Every Steak, this 1941 film we're talking about where the boys are Icemen. And Dale Lord, he worked back in the very early days of Hollywood, so he was very familiar with that whole area, that whole area. I actually credit Dale Lord most likely for picking that location so he could use the Stooges Steps. Now, what's interesting, I found out uh, later after the book came out, got the opportunity to talk to a woman who lived right next to the Stooges Steps. And this was about early 2000, 2002, maybe 2003. And she told me that in 1941, she was 13 years old. And word spread throughout the neighborhood that the three Stooges were coming to film a film. She asked her mother if she could stay home from school to watch, but mom said, nope, you're going to school. So when school was over... She ran quickly home. The three stooges were gone, but there was some things left, like cameras and sound equipment and trucks and all that good stuff. Uh, so she got a chance to see uh, what was left over from filming that day. If you watch an Aikenary Steak at the very end, when the stuntmen, because it's not Mo Larry and Curly riding that board down the steps, it's actually stuntmen. Watch closely at the bottom of the steps. You'll see two or three smaller people running away. I believe those are some of the kids who are fortunate enough to stay home to watch the filming of an Aiken Every Steak. Now, when you're doing such a project like the Three Stooges, they were, as I mentioned earlier, where the head of their shorts department, they were like very lucrative, very important in the shorts department for Columbia. And doing such a project, you wanted to have sort of reference relating to the studio itself and the famous Columbia Ranch, where they filmed much of what they were doing. That means the Columbia Ranch were standing sets. There was a western town. There was a New York street, all this kind of thing. So I was pleased to help you to show you the pictures that I had collected of the studio itself, both the ranch and the studio lot. And I know this helped you out a lot, but I do know that you have to go to other sources to find 
reference pictures and all kinds of things. So tell me about that research. Sure. So my research started back in the VHS days, like I said earlier. Uh, picture quality, not that great, but good enough for me to freeze frame it, get a screen grab, and use it to study. And what I was looking for was street signs in the background, a business, a store with a sign in it. And what I would do with that information, I would come out to Los Angeles, public library, use a 1932 city directory, look up the name of that business, come up with an address, and actually go out to a location, and which was pretty exciting, especially seeing it for the first time, and document it, take my own pictures, and of course write for it for the journal. Another way would be someone just like you, Mark, a Hollywood historian. Matter of fact, I have a great story. I was at the Hollywood Heritage Museum one time with Mark, and I had a screen grab from a 1938 Three Stooges short called Calling All Cars. And this location was a tough one because all it showed was streets, trees, and a big building that could have been an apartment building, which turned out to be exactly that. But no other clues, no numbers, no names, no titles, nothing at all. And I really believed that I would never find this filming location, which would have been a bummer because I would love for it to be part of the book, which it became. And the reason it became part of the book was because when I showed that picture of the filming location with Mo, Larry, and Curly there to Mark, Mark explained to me, I know where that's at. And that was because Mark was there at the same exact location two weeks prior working on a silent film research type stuff. And so exciting for me. And sure enough, after Mark and I finished at the museum, went out a couple hours later, and yep, there it was. And this location I'm talking about, and it's a cute one, it's Mo, Larry, and Curly uh, with a little dog. And the dog's helping the boys find somebody. And the location's in the 1300 block of North St. Andrew's Place. Very tough, just driving up and down. I'm not sure if I ever would have found it. So I do credit Mark with his uh, background of the history of Hollywood and finding that great location. And many, as a result of that too, Mark, and I never told you this, you know, yeah, a lot of Three Stooges fans go back to the Stooges steps to run up, to get their picture taken, take some video, all that good stuff. Well, I can tell you right now, because of what you did, a lot of Three Stooges fans have gone back to that location as well, the Calling All Curves location, because of uh, your great work. See, that's the whole thing is that you network. See, networking is how you do it. Now, in a perfect world, <laughs> there were actually call sheets that the studios used to keep. The call sheet would actually be that day, where they're shooting exactly, even the address and everything. Those are hard to find. So in other words, Jim is dealing with this without real still photographs. I have many still photographs of these locations, but not enough. Uh, we don't have call sheets. We have hardly anybody alive that you can ask. So this is really a ground-up research in doing this, that this book it took many years. How many years did this book take you to do? It was 11 years of research, 11 years. And it was a real passion as well. In reference to the call sheets, uh, a call sheet may mention that the boys and the supporting actors and actresses may have to go out on location, but the call sheets don't reflect that exact location. They may just say an exterior location, and everybody would find out that morning where they're going. Now, there was another way that I actually found another location, which is extremely rare in Stooges' shorts. If you watch 
1938's Mutts to You, there is a scene where actress Bess Flowers gets into a cab. And what does she say to the cab driver? Take me to 111 South Norton Street. Now I'm thinking, ah, no, it can't be that easy. Of course, I had to check. Guess what? 111 South Norton Street, where she was taken to in that film, is an actual house that's still there today. It's a beautiful home. It's still there. So that was the only time that happened in all the research. (laughs) That is extremely rare when that happens because normally you see the studios have to have legal research. It's called legal research. Legal researchers have to make sure that the license plates on the cars are not real ones. The names of the businesses have to be cleared legally. This goes back to the 20s, believe it or not. And um, something like this, to give a real address, you probably had to get permission from the owner of that house or whatever that they were going to. So your research has revealed the ways they made films on location. This whole field of location filmmaking is so important relating to Poverty Row Studios because it was cheaper to go out to a real place instead of building it at the studio. This is the whole point of Poverty Row Studio filmmaking and how the Stooges and the Columbia Pictures are one of the original Poverty Row Studios in the way they made their films. So, I mean, when you came to me with this, I never thought of the Stooges. I always think of others, Laurel and Hardy locations. This this is such an interesting topic that your book is such a beautiful book because it documents Los Angeles, all over Los Angeles and Hollywood, where they shot things with your wonderful pictures. And nowadays with digital, you can frame grab you know, from the actual film, make it clear and beautiful. And you have a lot of beautiful shots in there. Since we don't have all these original research materials to go from, you have to go to other sources and people that have knowledge about this. Tell us more about that. Well, I wish I could say that there was a lot of supporting actors and actresses out there who knew exactly where these outdoor filming locations were. Well, perhaps because they had already passed away, they're not available, of course, but even the ones who are alive, unfortunately, they couldn't remember because we're talking decades ago. We're talking 40, 50, 60 years ago. And here's a good example. Joan, Moe's daughter. A lot of people may not know that Joan, when she was 11 years old, was in a Three Stooges short. You know, I've talked to Joan over the years myself, and uh, I, you never realize that sometimes the family members are actually in the films, right? You're right. Well, not only was Joan in Pop Goes the Easel, a very, very desirable short, one of the better ones, uh, 1935, Three Stooges short film. Not only was Joan in it, but so was Larry's daughter, and Larry's daughter was seven years old, and Joan being 11. So the scene is that the two young ladies are playing hopscotch. Well, where are they playing hopscotch? Of course, I needed to find out for my research. And then in it, the boys are being chased by a detective. So Mo, Larry, and Curly are running down the street, and the two girls step out of the way, that being Joan and Larry's daughter. Well, 60 years later, I asked Joan, where did it happen? And, of course, she tried her best to remember, but, again, she's 11 years old, and nobody's ever asked her this question, except Jim Pauly some 60 years later. So she seemed to think that the scene was shot at the Columbia studio. Well, in doing real, real good research, I realized that that wasn't the case, right? What I found out was it was actually filmed on Larchmont Boulevard, a 100 block north So 100 block of North Larchmont Boulevard is an old, old street. It's been around since the very early, 
very early 20th century. And uh, when I found it, guess what I did? I called Joan up, told her I found it, and I asked Joan if I could take her back to the exact same location so I could take a picture of her, and that's what I did. Well, I can say that um, Larchmont Boulevard is right near my office at that time. I used to eat lunch there all the time. I know Larchmont like the back of my hand. So when he showed the footage to me, I flipped because this is the point, is that you're showing these locations that we locals are very familiar with and are delighted to see, wow, I've been here a million times. I had no idea the Stooges were exactly where I used to walk. What's funny is that day, I remember driving Joan to the location, the exact location, and the skies were not cooperating. It looked like it was ready to thunderstorm any second, and it was bad. I'm like, oh, how am I going to take a great picture of Joan? There's no sun. Well, we got about two minutes away. Guess what? Those clouds disappeared and the sun came out. So I think the boys were looking over us that day, and they made it much better for a photography moment. But uh, I did take Joan back to that location. And uh, took her picture. The picture's in the book. I just think it's pretty cool. And uh, we had some fun with it. We had some fun with it. And for those fans out there who don't know, remember when you're watching those two young ladies play hopscotch just before Mo, Larry, and Curly run through it and play hopscotch, that's 11-year-old Joan, Mo's daughter, and Larry's daughter, who's seven years old. Pretty cool trivia there. You know, I was so impressed with the quality of the book. The quality is really the... The um, photograph clarity, how beautiful and crystal clear they are. So you get an idea of these great locations, which I always wanted to find stills of. But now with the modern technology, you can take it right off the film. But I'm telling you, this book, the quality of it is so wonderful. And uh, I'm sure these 11 years of all this work really paid off in this kind of a book. Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, to put a book together like this uh, requires a lot of cooperation between a lot of people. Uh, the photos you see in the book, of course, not only from my personal collection, from Mark's collection and Bison Archives, but also from the Columbia Pictures Archives. Also, Comedy 3 Productions, who owns the licensing rights of Stooges, they were very helpful in providing some great photos. Even Joan provided some great photos for the book as well. These are photos from her father's collection, her father, Mo. Matter of fact, when I mentioned Sally Star earlier, the children's TV show from Philadelphia, on page 27, there's a fantastic photo of Sally Star with her stunt double and Larry. And they are on the famous Western Street at the Western set of Columbia Ranch. Uh, where High Noon was filmed, as well as many, many other films. So that's a great shot. Uh, so that's one example, many examples of everybody coming together to make this book happen. But I also have to thank my publisher, Jeffrey Goldman, and his company, Santa Monica Press. And Jeffrey and his company did a great job. High-quality photos, a hardback book, gold inlaid, uh, you know, the edge here. And just a beautiful, um, matter of fact, I just used the word beautiful. And it's funny because how could somebody say a book is beautiful? But I do have to say this. A good friend of mine, and Stooges fans out there know who she is, Beverly Warren. All right, for those who know Beverly Warren, worked with the Three Stooges in Three Lone Wolves, 1946. When Beverly first saw the book, she declared it a beautiful book. So that's where that comes from. And Beverly's a good friend of mine, great person, and... She said it was beautiful. 
since doing a book on the Three Stooges locations, you had to delve into the really the behind the scenes of who the Three Stooges were and the people that worked with them. I know a lot of these uh, directors, producers, were came from the Max Zenit Keystone Studio. They were from the slapstick days of the silent era, of the real early Poverty Row days. I mean, you must have learned a lot about the Stooges and many levels. You're right, Mark. Uh, when you talk about how great the Three Stooges short films are, it wasn't just because of Mo, Larry, Curly, and Chimp. It was because of also because of the people behind the scenes. You had sound man, Ed Burns. Ed Burns worked with Frank Capra. He was Frank Capra's sound man. Ed, Ed was one of the best sound men in the business back in the day. Ed eventually directed some Three Stooges shorts as well, but in the early days, he was their sound man. This is good stuff. Um, Dale Lord, we mentioned him earlier, a director. He worked in the early days, Max Sennett days. What you know else? what? Um, my mother actually knew Vernon Dent. And as a kid, I met him. I had no idea. He was a major Max Zenith star in the teens and the 20s. I mean, and, and Jules White. Yep. Jules White directing educational silent films in the early days, which were comedies. So they had incredible people at Columbia at, the, at this time, and which made these Three Stooges. That's why they were so popular. They were really well made. Of course, with the talent of the Stooges, but still the talents of the behind the scenes. I know that you learned a lot about them. Sure. And Mark, you mentioned Vernon Dent. Well, we had Vernon Dent. We had Bud Jameson. These guys go back to the teens, the early 1900s in the silent days. So these guys had a lot of experience behind them, a lot. And you know what? Columbia Pictures, the Three Stooges, and us fans benefited from all that. Columbia Pictures, they really didn't cut any corners. You know, when it came to supplying the best, whether it was sound effects or best actresses, best actors, directors, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on to make the Stooges as great as they were. Well, these supporting cast members, for example, many of them came from all areas. So, you know, I would like to know more about the supporting people, as I just mentioned. I mean, they really gave layers of quality to these shorts. I mean, it's not just the Three Stooges. They were the lead, of course, but we have all the people surrounding them. Tell us more about these people. Well, many of the supporting actors and actresses had a lot of Hollywood experience behind them. These were talented people, and Columbia was very fortunate to have them, and so were the boys. Some of the people were professional dancers, such as Sylvia Lewis, Nita Bieber. Right? These were women who were professional dancers and did some great acting for the Stooges. I mentioned Beverly Warren earlier. Beverly you know, did a great job. So Stooges fans will recognize other actresses, uh, such as Christine McIntyre. Now, Christine's credited as being in the most Three Stooges shorts out of all the actresses. For those who may not remember, Christine was the, the beautiful blonde woman who the boys were always falling in love with and getting in some type of mayhem or perhaps even in trouble over. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Come in, Cousin Basil. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. I, I... I've just been dying to meet you. Uh, mm -hmm. I, You're even cuter than that lady said you were. Oh, oh. oh boy, success. Yeah, listen to those kisses. Oh, you must be exhausted after your long trip. Sit down. Let me look at you, Cousin Basil. Oh. 
Now, don't you go away. Hello? Yes, this is Miss Hopkins. Your cousin Basil? Well, then who is... I was just... How dare you pretend to be my cousin Basil? I'll teach you a thing or two. You won't... Don't you dare strike me! Taking advantage of a poor, weak, helpless woman! Boy, his kisses are getting louder. You, you, you horrible person, you! Can I help it if I ain't cousin Basil? Other fans may remember a very famous actress, although at the time in the Three Stooges short, Three Little Pigskins, and we're talking 1934, how about Lucille Ball? Right, so Lucille Ball was also in the Three Stooges short as well. Now, I mentioned Christine McIntyre as being credited as being in the most Three Stooges shorts. Who was the male that was in the most Three Stooges shorts? Well, that was Emil Sicka. Hold hands, you lovely birds. But Emil Sicka was in a ton of them, mostly with Chemp. And he's credited, in most cases, by diehard Stooges fans as being a fourth Stooge. But you know what? There's plenty of fourth Stooges out there, right? And one that I like to include would be Dudley Dickerson. Dudley, a black male, would have made a perfect third Stooge. Now, you'll see Dudley in Plumbing, We Will Go, as well as Hold That Line and a couple of others. And guess what? He practically steals a show when he's on the screen. And Dudley does some great stuff in the kitchen. This house is so gone crazy. And Stooges fans today love Dudley. Could you picture Mo, Larry, and Dudley? As a matter of fact, I've always said, what would it be like if instead of Joe Besser replacing Shemp, what if Dudley Dickerson replaced Joe Besser? I've always thought it would have been perfect if Dudley had replaced Shemp instead of Joe Besser, and it was Mo, Larry, and Dudley. I think we'd have a pretty good trio of comedians. It would have been very interesting if we had seen that. Um, there is a website out there if you want to learn more about Dudley. It's DudleyDickerson.com. That's simple. The Three Stooges have always been a favorite of mine, of course, and everybody I know. But the Three Stooges had a lot of like slapping going on, slapstick from the old days of vaudeville. I mean, it's an acquired taste for some people, and many people said, I've heard that women particularly do not appeal, it doesn't appeal to women. What is this about? Well, on the subject of violence involving the Three Stooges and whether or not mothers across the country approved of that type of humor, I certainly get it. You know, no, no mother wants their children imitating the Three Stooges. As a matter of fact, in the very, very early 1960s, when the Three Stooges had their resurgence, Mo actually had to address that issue on talk shows, right? Perhaps even showing up live at some of these children's TV show host uh, shows and actually tell children, look, don't poke each other in the eyes. What we're doing, we're experts at it, and we're not really poking anybody in the eyes anyway. So Mo did have to address that issue. And of course, the violence itself, when you compare the violence in the Three Stooges shorts to what children have been exposed to for the past few decades, it's practically nothing. There's like no comparison. Uh, the cartoons of today, the, the Hollywood movies of today are way more graphic in reference to violence. There's really no comparison. But of course, it, it makes perfect sense why a woman 
would not be that big of a fan. I get that. But one has to really watch the Stooges closely to capture their humor, their actions, the things that they say, the different scenarios they get into. There's a lot of humor there. Uh, could they have backed off on some of the violence? As a Stooges fan, I would say yes. You know, they, they could have done less. But it's certainly not a reason for someone to not watch the Three Stooges. And on the subject of whether or not the whether or not women like the Three Stooges, I can tell you this. I've been to a lot of Three Stooges film festivals and conventions. Who's laughing the loudest in the audience? And I pay attention. Guess what? It's women. Show any woman an ache and every stake, right? And watch what happens when they're watching Curly stuff a turkey, okay? Very funny. And again, women laughed the loudest at these film festivals when I'm, when I'm there watching. You know, there was a um, Three Stooges film in which they are um, hairdressers <laughs> in, a, in a salon. And they put too much of, of the uh, straightener on their heads, and the women end up bald. And they're showing their hair in their hands. A lot of women just, they, re, they kind of relate to that. They scream with laughter. So I made a blow-up of this, and I gave it to my hairdresser, a female, and she puts it right up there, right where she works on everyone and shows, here's the stooges, what could happen to you? I mean, it is a funny scene. You know, it's interesting. I got a chance to uh, know a lot of supporting actresses, becoming very good friends with some of them. And I was always very interested in what they thought about the Three Stooges. Okay, well, here it is in a nutshell. They did, they pretty much all said the same thing, that Mo was a businessman. Mo really didn't talk to him too much. He was very concerned about what the next line was where Larry was, making sure Curly was doing his thing. So Mo was the business uh, man part of it. And he really didn't talk to the, to the actresses much at all. Curly, all right, most people probably think, wow, Curly is probably talking to all the girls all the time. Well, guess what? No. On the set, Curly was actually very shy. So he really did not talk to the actresses. Guess who did most of the talking? And guess who was beloved by most of the actresses? That was Larry. All right, Larry loved to talk to him. He entertained him. Very nice guy. The, the the actresses loved Larry. I guess the obvious question now to wrap this up is how popular are they today? I see them on TV now. They're on TV right now, and I'm watching them again and enjoying them again. I've seen them a million times, and I still enjoy them. You're right. I like to add to that that in some form of media, the Three Stooges are mentioned every day sometimes multiple times during the day, whether it's television, whether it's news, print, radio, internet, podcasts such as this, almost every day. My girlfriend and I were at Quentin Tarantino's theater the other night watching Gunpowder Milkshake. Brand new movie just came out. It's on Netflix. Guess what? Three Stooges get a mention. Okay? So even brand new movies that continue to bring up Three Stooges. Well, thank you, Jim, of course, for telling us the, really the behind the scenes of this kind of Hollywood, I guess, iconic comedy. So remember again that Jim's book is The Three Stooges, Hollywood Filming Locations. And tell us where you can get it, Jim. Well, the book can be purchased, of course, through Amazon.com. I know that Barnes & Noble still carries the book as well. 
And if you have a favorite bookstore in your neighborhood, I'm sure if they don't have it in stock, they can get it for you. Thank you again, Jim, for being with us and showing us the behind the scenes of the Three Stooges in Columbia Studios. I'm Mark Wanamaker, and this is the History of Hollywood. <laughs>